0: <laughs> um should we have a, a cool name for our special uh corona corona uh, is there special, like a uh, uh like a,
1: rona rona corona and michelle's hi
0: hi uh, hiatus reunion
1: quarantine reunion
0: Ugh. jesus christ <laughs> uh, uh cor- is there a cor-
1: corona uh quarantine? Cor- our quarantine party.
0: The quar 20s <laughs> The quar 20s <quar-in-twenties.
1: laughs> I kind of like that.
0: Okay, let's do it. Okay, hey! Hey, everybody! What's hey, up?
1: Hey, hey, hey! What up, Hi. everybody?
0: Um, so, uh, it is, uh, today is March uh, 18th, yeah, 2020. Uh, currently we are lucas and i are back we are doing a series of podcasts which we just decided we're each in our individual homes right now obviously uh we're quarantined
1: it took us one day of quarantining of self-isolation to realize we needed to do the podcast
0: yes and for our fans out there uh which i know there's many um Mm -hmm. we we're sorry that it took more than ever presumably about a year (laughs) We the truth is we were going to do a special podcast on coffee with Greg Barris, and uh, mm. we were going to follow him. We we're going to do a serialized season of our podcast where we followed Greg in his journey to create renewable energy from uh, coffee. But no one, uh, nobody followed through, and, uh, and uh, not and to blame the- Greg. But uh, we started off really strong, and then. We all got busy. And then Greg
1: sort of Greg got in the way a bit, didn't he? Didn't he with stuff?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he started, he wanted too much money. No. Yeah. He no, was, we you shouldn't know.
1: blame Greg. Greg was great,
0: but yeah, we were working on it and then it got away from us. We still have some ideas based on it. Maybe we'll do like a shortened version of what happened in an episode with Greg. Um, but we're sorry. Um, but we still want to save the world and we are still here. And, uh, and yeah, now we're we're quarantined. How is how has the last uh, few weeks looked on your end? How have you been feeling?
1: Um, I f- I feel great. It's been a little crazy. I was in Europe um, for the past two weeks uh, when basically everything went down. Uh, like when I was in, I was coming from Stockholm. I was in London. Which is crazy. I got to London the day they put the travel ban out from. Was it EU. scaring you?
0: Were you panicking at that point?
1: yeah uh, no, it was all just it's all just sort of surreal, isn't it? You're just like, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? And you know as lo- as long as I knew that my uh, my dogs were okay and my plants were being watered back home, I was like, well, you know, as long as I, I-, I-, I felt like I'd be okay, but I don't know, you know, I don't know, maybe my confidence was misplaced. but um, it was just weird because they weren't gonna let me out of the they weren't gonna let me out of the UK because I couldn't get a direct flight. Um, back to the States and they wouldn't let you fly out of anywhere that wasn't the, you know, the UK or wherever it was that Trump has a golf course. Um, And then uh, I made it to New York. um, And then I was in New York the day before New York shut down. And then I just watched New York, like just turn into a ghost town. And it was just bizarre, just really, really weird. And nobody on the streets and, you know, like cafes closed and everybody standing six feet apart. And uh, and then I, you know, I flew back to L.A. just a couple days ago, uh, right in time for the airports to just turn into just just nothing, just just empty. It was like me and all of the T.W., like the TSA employees. It's so hear, odd.
0: It's so odd you because you're a you're like...
1: dryer from like 100 yards away. It was crazy.
0: And then you got home and now you're quarantining.
1: Yeah. And now I'm uh, now I'm in self-isolation.
0: it's so odd because you're like i i don't know if everyone else is feeling this but it feels like suddenly you're like but wait my life was going and i had stuff planned and i saw the the next month or two months or three months going a certain way and then suddenly the world in a way that it doesn't really happen this often just kind of went nah no that's that you're not nothing like I had a, I've been on hold, <laughs> right? Isn't it odd? Yeah, oh no. There's very few times like, where like, you go just, just like, oh, like your life kind just of. kind of, because it happens on an individual way where you go to jail or something and you're and someone's just like, hey, your life is just not going to be your life anymore for a while, but it very it, it doesn't often happen where i don't know if ever it happens where you're just kind of like the world kind of together maybe during a snowstorm
1: no that's what i was just thinking as a kid for me it still feels like snow day vibes you're like oh no i I was supposed to go in and like deliver this presentation and i was gonna see friends and then you're like no it's all stopped
2: yeah uh, yeah
1: and then as a kid though you're like this is amazing whereas an adult it's kind of unnerving. Well, it's amazing for a few like, days
0: because you know snow melts, but it's it's really unnerving when you're given. And what makes it a little more unnerving as we're trying to work through this, and trust me, this will get positive, where it's you, there's no end date, where it's like, you know, if you go to prison, sometimes there's like, ah, you are you have to get through this amount of years or this amount of months. It's like, it's, there's no real like, end date here.
1: It's And it's just crazy how quickly people just started losing jobs. Do you yeah. know what I mean? We're just like, like you're like, me. oh my god like restaurants have to lay off everybody almost immediately yes you know what I mean like just like jobs just go if the world stops for like a week people's jobs just evaporate you just, and but you don't yeah. realize how precarious yes and it's not like in an so economic crisis
0: where you're like uh oh the economy's just gone it was just like boom just here it is and it's there and now it's here and that's it. You know, it's just like, it's, it's really instant. I was on, you know, I was on hold for a movie, which was like, you know, something that I was looking forward to financially and, you know, life-wise. And, you know, you just start to, when this is picking up, you're like, nah, this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna like take that away for a while or like have to change my plans. Like, that's crazy. And then when it gets closer, you start being like, wait, is this, and then it just happens. And you're just like, but what about me? And then you start to be like, oh, well. Everyone, everyone's kind of in that boat where you're just like, but huh, it's so weird. It's like, you know, you look outside and there's no coronavirus. It's just sun. And you're like, OK, well, why is this? Why is this happening? Everything looks yeah, so awesome and, and outside. That's
1: the, and that's the other weird thing, too, is you're like, am I being crazy? Is this fine? Because, you know what I mean? There's still people yeah. out there, are loads of people who are like insisting, yeah. hey, this is not a big deal. Like, you know, there's whole countries, who you know, like the UK for a minute. And, like, you know, we'll talk about this later, but Sweden, too. There's countries that are just like, no, 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 go about your business. Business as usual. This yeah, isn't a big this deal. this country, depending where like, you are. Yeah, and you're like, so wait a minute. You're like, you know, you, you kind of start to feel like, am I crazy for, going, you know, like, quarantining or taking extra precautions? Or, like, yeah. or is everyone else crazy for not doing it? You're like, what is happening? Yeah, like, yeah, it's you're one just of like, the few
0: things where you don't see it. You're just like, oh, I'm just going to trust that this is out there and... Because I, when I look out my window, I don't see corona. You know, it's not like snow where I just see it. All I see out my window is um, a uh, a, and, a woman. And
1: there's literally no information you can get from anywhere. Yeah, how's she doing, by the way, your window lady?
0: <laughs> <laughs> All I see when yeah, I look so out my window cough? is how's a woman going, who, is, okay there? who is coughing and who just passed out. Okay, um, great. Great. No, but it's it's really strange though. But in a positive way, I've been thinking about this a lot, and you know, feel free to feel free to weigh in, Lucas. But mm-hmm. um, everybody Thank keeps you. saying unprecedented. It's like it, it, everything is unprecedented. Like it keeps at the NBA suddenly is just gone. It's like wow, that's never happened. And then it's and like Kevin
1: Durant, man, can that guy catch a break? And then it's Tom
0: up? Hanks. It's like what? There's no way. And then suddenly you're like, oh, they're going to shut think? down the whole economy, and you're like, this is unprecedented. And yeah. I think what's what's weird is there's everything is unprecedented because it has to happen at some point. You know, it's not like when we were going through the nuclear, nuclear crisis in the '60s, people were like, "Oh my God, this is unprecedented," and they probably, I'm like sure, us, were I'm feeling sure like was.
1: I'm sure no, I'm saying like, they, yes were. We yeah. they, they were. Oh, yeah, they were saying yeah, yeah. this is
0: unprecedented, and I think that the the tendency is to in your head be like, "Okay, so the world is now over," and. Because this has never happened, normal life will never come back. But it will, you know, and and that's what I guess keeps me going is that it will. It always does. Unprecedented unprecedented shit happens constantly. Of course it will.
1: Sure, but will it just be – will normal – will we even know that normal is different as long as it seems, like, normal enough?
3: Every normal is different.
1: It's different tomorrow. Everybody washes their hands and Purell's – like, you can't go in a building without Purelling them. Like, that just becomes, like, a new norm. You know you what mean I mean? like,
0: taking off your shoes uh, yeah, yeah, before like, you get on a no, Yeah, it's just a new like, normal. Yeah. It's
1: <laughs> just, like, where people are just, like, forced to do... There's going to be certain, certain protocols that are just now standard.
0: Yes. And I, I know that for a lot of people, their lives will be greatly impacted by this. And, you know, there will be people whose relatives die, who will die themselves. Um, and I'm not a doctor, but I feel like that's going to happen. But... I do think for the vast majority of people, life will kind of just be like, oh, this is the new normal. Like, you don't really think about – like, even a few years after 9-11, you weren't just like, wow, man, I wish life was normal again. It just felt normal, and I think that will happen But I here. think
1: but, – but is that also like it felt normal for you? But there are people that – you know, who have never gotten over 9-11. Who? Have, who's who? Too, I mean, you know – I mean, who. people who
0: suffered personal losses, yes.
1: Well, no, I mean like the, the – the, the, you know, like the crazy MAGA – you know the crazy maga section of the population that lives in perpetual like you know. Yeah, day one but after 9/11, do you think that most of those like, people like,
0: to... like a year or two after nine eleven, were just like, I can't believe what life is like after nine eleven. They just no, were no, like... no.
1: I mean, I, I just think there's always sections. But it's more like. Um,
0: oh, people like will uh... remember it, and people will. It'll change policy, and it'll change the way people talk about. Pandemics and the way we talk about public health, hopefully in a good way, where people are like, "We need Medicare for all, and we need, you know, all those. Uh, we, we need different ways of of having our healthcare system not get overwhelmed financially and literally." So I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, but I do know that, like, my because my tendency the last few weeks was just to be like, "That's it. I don't even. What's the point of anything? It's just gonna. Life is over. There's no mm-hmm. more anything." But I think that that's kind of a common – that's a common thing to think about when these things happen because, of course, unprecedented things will happen because new things that's have to happen. That's the nature of life. Yeah, yeah. That's the
1: nature of just existing is that you can't – we can't – the idea that we could perceive everything that's going to happen to us and – you know, From like the
0: perspective that, that, of a thing that has already happened. Yeah, that we, and we realistic. know
1: every precedent, every preceding event is known to us yes it's just crazy it's crazy talk but that is kind of how you operate right like when you wake up in the day you're kind of like never sort of taking in the unprecedented (laughs) you're never like it's impossible i know know. you're either one of those you're either like a prepper yes you know who's like in his bunker you know raising his algae you know and and but that's normal for that person but that's that's normal and that's but to a certain extent then like you know i mean i don't know like every everybody sees something coming um, i you know but... i might
0: i might be the first person to say this but i think the abnormal is normal we need the abnormal and it happens all the time and i mean that's every... a very
1: goth point of view you know
0: the abnormal is normal <laughs> man trust yeah, me dude, bro. you should see slipknot <laughs> <Yes>. um,
2: <laughs> let the bodies hit the flow uh... um <clears throat> Yes. So, yeah,
0: so I do think that 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 gives me hope. And I do think that uh, there will be a point where um, they won't let the economy get too bad because the loss of life from letting the economy totally get destroyed will outweigh the loss of life from Corona. So we're at some point going to have to go back to normal.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think like, you know, there's only there's only, you know, I mean, it's all made up, right? Can't, to a certain extent, we've just got to make the game fair again. For everybody, we can't just like let people get fucked this deeply and this harshly, and not just you know like press a giant reset button in yeah. some way and you know
0: pandemics have happened since the beginning of this earth, so you know it just mm-hmm. happens, and this one sucks, and my fucking movie is not getting shot um yeah, same or it it will get shot, I think eventually, but you know you have to just wait on it, but you know boohoo. Um, um, yeah,
1: I mean, uh, it's just—it's also weird to know That there's people in this country right now Who would listen to this and be like What are these jackasses talking no about? One, Everything no one, no one
0: listens to this um... <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's somebody they That it's possible That if someone were to stumble across this In like a, an abandoned podcast hole somewhere That, you know, they could listen to this And be like, everything's fine, you nutjobs yeah. What are you worrying about? And it's crazy to think that that's like there's still that divide out here, even over something that feels as like, irrefutable as a as a global health crisis.
0: Yeah. So in general, we're, we're going to try and feel better. Uh, that's why we want to do this again. And we want to somehow make ourselves feel better oh, by yeah. talking this to thing people. Is,
1: this thing is, is a good thing. I don't <laughs> know. I, I, I feel like
0: somehow, uh, either because we're going to distract ourselves or because we're going to try and find out stuff that'll make us feel better or make this more interesting or whatever that shit is. We're going to, uh, our working title currently is, I just, we just came up with it. I don't remember it. It's the, uh, uh, the quarrying quarrying (laughs) twenties. So that's, this is our Quarring twenties, um, podcast series. Uh, this is the first episode and this is a good one. It's a great yeah, one. it's a great um, one, actually. We have a an expert, probably, I would say probably the leading expert in group psychology. Um, he's a professor. He's a doctor. His name is Donaldson R. Forsyth. We find out pretty quickly. We can call him Don. Can
1: we just say that's like one of the most professorial
0: names I've ever heard in my life? It sounds made up. In <laughs> all honesty, it sounds it sounds like a character in a murder mystery. But I was just <laughs>
1: thinking in Clue. That's one yeah. of the characters of Clue, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, Donaldson R Forsyth. Where does he get for his sure money? The,
1: and, and no offense to Don here, but for sure the murderer. Yes, <laughs> Donaldson Forsyth. No, no, the red I herring.
0: Mean,
1: the red, Donaldson
0: oh, yeah, the Forsyth is choice. the is the, the heir, choice. or he's yeah. the he's the one who's the uh, the head of the of the family who is uh, right. You know who is found dead. Yeah, of um, course,
1: all the oil paintings are of him and yeah, the yeah. eyes move. Exactly. The eyes watch, 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 watch. Um
0: he's a he's a great guy here. So I'm just going to read quickly. He's a, a social and personality psychologist. He studies groups, leadership, ethical thought and moral judgment. Um
1: <clears throat> he's, just a, he's a really interesting guy. He's just a great, he's a great conversation.
0: So he was recognized as the Outstanding Group Psychologist by the American Psychology Association in 96, Award of Excellence in the Commonwealth of Virginia, 2002, Outstanding Faculty Award, 2002. He uh, is a professor at the University of of, of Richmond, uh, as well as UVA. Uh, he's authored over 150 books. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, also, yeah, but like
1: I said, I think the main thing about him is he's a great conversation. You know what I he mean? He really is. We're all gonna find aside. out
0: We're gonna we're this is gonna be a pretty interesting conversation. It goes all over the place. Um, at some point we, we um, talk
1: about, you know, all the groups we're forming into now, what isolation is like for people in quarantine versus, you know, like psycho, true psychological isolation versus, you know, the sort of uh, ways we can connect now in, yeah. into the, in the modern age, uh, and sort of the, the perils of group of group thinking and the benefits of it.
0: And, uh, we find out that he hasn't seen a movie since the Incredibles came out. The first in one, the, the first, first one.
1: Incredibles,
0: That's like 20 years. Yes. Wow. 20 years. Um, so remember rate review, subscribe, um, please. I know it's been a while, but, uh, you know we're uh, we're we're really excited to to start doing this again, aren't we?
1: Yeah, I'm stoked.
0: Uh, okay, cool. So let's uh, let's save the world.
1: Yeah, somebody got it. I keep hearing you're concerned about my happiness, but all that thought you're giving me
0: is conscience, I guess. If I were walking in your shoes, yeah. I Hold on one second. Are not? you um? Lucas, are you on speakerphone? or Are you on your? We're trying to figure this out. Um, as this is the first one we've done no, since no, no, the, um, since you know the world had shut down. So we're trying to figure out. Uh,
1: no, I'm not. I'm not on speakerphone. I am on regular. Okay,
0: phone. excellent. Um,
1: yep, and I'm moving away from my loud animals.
0: Yeah, that's another out thing. Of respect to you both. You might hear uh, our dog, uh, my dog, uh, well, ours. I have a wife too, so. Um, Whoa. And a baby. Okay. So our dog Oreo might. Um, Pipe up at some point because he's he's really confused as to why I, I not letting him in the room. He doesn't understand podcasts. Um, okay, so first of all, how are you? Are you uh, where? Where are you? Like, what is your what 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 is your
3: situation? If you could
1: give us your street location, your phone number, your social security number, anything that we can use to sort of uh, for our, <laughs> our listeners to locate you.
3: I I am sheltering in place. I am sequestered in the mountains of Virginia. Um, wow. No cell phone connection. Only a raggedy internet.
0: And and so, are you? uh, Is it a great view? Like, take us there. How how does it look?
3: It's a great view. And and I'm I'm an introvert, so you know this is all coming my way. Um, (laughs) This this is not very taxing for me to run away from other people and hide out in the mountains. Um,
0: It is funny that yeah, it's working out. A lot of introverts now are saying this is super easy for them. But you, um, it's funny that an introvert would study group psychology.
1: Um, the, uh, can I just ask before we le- leap into the group psychology? Uh, w- were you pre- like prepared in your mountain retreat or was this something you were like always had like, you know A lot of people have like plans, you know, for these sort of the, the preppers, you know, yeah. for these sort of contingencies were you, Was this sort of something that you were like you were ready for or is just like you're like, okay I know a place in the mountains and I can grab some stuff on the way. I'm okay.
3: And so I'm not much of a prepper. So, no, this, this is just the place I go to in the summers usually and hang around and, and write about groups which puzzle me because uh, I'm not often in these groups. So uh, I, I view them as an outsider might. So maybe that's oh, why okay. I study them. Um, yeah. But we didn't that's do a lot a of prepping.
2: Segue.
3: But I, I, uh, I have a partner, my wife was very well prepared for this. She saw it coming and she got supplies and we have two months of dog food now and all kinds of other food. So we're pretty much set, but it's, I can't claim responsibility for it. She took care of it all.
1: So that's great to have a a backup like that.
2: So
0: I think, um, you know, one of the reasons that we wanted to talk to you, besides, you know, your extreme uh, expertise on what seems like um a wide array of subjects but how how does someone like you or have you uh, ex- have you uh, researched anything like this in your in your many books or have you written about anything like this or what is your what's your perspective from your expertise standpoint of what's been going on in the timeline of it and did you see it coming before most people
3: well every and it's a very complicated time we're mm-hmm. in and almost everything that I'm interested in is taking place at this moment so I'm interested in, in people working collectively to accomplish tasks I'm interested in them taking precautions to make sure they have the best life possible how they can deal with their conflicts but none of that really has prepared me for the current crisis it's and and every every aspect of it's pretty fascinating um, including the you know, different people's reactions to it you know that some people are sheltering and reducing contact as much as they can others are not right and and and
1: can you speak as to why you think that is or is there is there anything that leaps out is it is it just sort of the obvious conclusion that people are different well, or is there is there something can
3: well, we collect, like talk about that we did collect a little data on it uh, just recently and so, so some people view the the Coronavirus is much more serious. Um, they, they worry about their health. They worry about what will happen to them if they contract it. They're much more likely to engage in social distancing. People who are not thinking that they're at risk physically, mentally, m- medically, they're not reducing their social distance. Um, I had thought, too, that people who have contact with others who are at risk I thought they would social distance more. I'm not seeing much of that in the data. Um, mostly it's just about ourselves, who we are, and if we expect to contract it, and if we think it will influence us pretty negatively, we are engaging in social distancing and sheltering. But no, if if we don't think it's it's all that big a deal, and if we're not really worried about getting sick for a few days... We're not social distancing at all.
1: That's always something that's really fascinated me is the the way we perceive risk differently.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: You
1: know, and is that is that something that is, uh, you know, influenced by, like, the group we belong to? Or is that something that is more individual or biological? Do you think? Like, well, do, we... do the people we do the people we sort of surround ourselves with influence our ability to, to analyze risk.
3: Well, of course. And there is a. a... We're different in terms of our, our risk sensitivity. Some of us are risk takers, and yes, in our data, the people who are higher in their risk orientation are less likely to engage in social distancing. They're still going out to clubs and grocery stores and things and things like that. And and you're absolutely right. It depends upon who they're hanging around with. You know, if if you're with someone who is also not taking, who's not concerned about the virus, who thinks it's a not a big deal. Um, you're probably also going to follow their lead, and and s- people are sorting themselves into collectives that are similar in their orientation to the virus. It's pretty cool um, how they're doing that so spontaneously. What do you mean by that? They're finding each other, you know. So so the people who are sheltering in place, they're they've moved off and and they have sheltered, they've isolated themselves. They're contacting each other through social media and through through technology, so they're connected. But they're not out in public places. Whereas the people who are out in public places, they're finding themselves. You know, they're joining together. They did St. Patrick's Day this weekend. You know, it's like, well, really, um, we're not supposed to be gathering in groups any bigger than ten. But yeah, and it's funny. People, it's, are, it's, people are finding I themselves. I feel like everyone
0: is is. Saying that that these people are stupid or that there's they're somehow morally wrong for doing it, but I I almost feel like it's a defiance. Like there's there's people who are saying I don't want to I don't want to buy into this, and I, because of that I'm going to keep to my life because I don't believe it. So it's you know I, I think it's it's also interesting how we're it's very, there's very few times where our group when we have to think about ourselves as a group is as a country or as a human race versus like my group is my industry or the people around. But now we're having to start to think about ourselves as like a race of people. I mean, we should have a long time ago with climate change, but this is sort of, it's like changing what group we're in, but I don't think enough people are seeing it that way.
3: No, I don't think they are either. And and plus, and you're right, it's people who tend to be a little rebellious in the first place are still going out and joining with others Um, and those who aren't do view it as a moral imperative to not get sick so that you don't pass it along to others as well. But people who are going out and having a good time, they don't see it as a moral issue at all.
0: Um, well, what does it take it, to get a group, usually in your findings, to get a group to act together in a more cohesive way? It, will it take something more extreme? or like What What do you see as the, the moment where we're going to start having to be that way, or will it have to just be a government yeah, it, telling us to do it?
1: Is there are there like inflection points where group like group orientation changes for people?
3: Yeah, so there should be some sort of tipping point, you know, where, where you get a strong, clear reaction from a high number of people, uh, uh, greater than the majority, um, until it gets to the point where you just cannot do that anymore, and it mm-hmm. should tip. When it tips, I have I don't know. Um, I mean, you know, I think
1: it's interesting that like there's now a consensus within the media about how to treat the coronavirus you know the sort of like the pandemic in terms of like and i'm just saying you know i'll just be blunt like the fact that fox news is now actually treating it as a serious issue um you know that that does that is that sort of like a potential inflection point where like oh the sections of of america that listen you know that take their their sort of like points from fox news are finally going to start getting on board uh, in protecting themselves and their like communities, is, or, right? Or is it, is it be, is it something that has to be, it's, it's a more ground up sort of thing.
3: I think it's going to be a ground up sort of thing, but the, the leaders and the media, the people they pay attention to, are or going to be very influential. We did find kind of curious in our findings was that people who are not, who, who are not engaging in social distancing, they're also not paying attention to the media. Um, they're less. They're less likely to pay attention to mortality rate information. They're less likely to listen to a friend who's talking about precautions. They're actively avoiding information about the disease to sustain. Wow!
1: How do you even get a hold of those people?
3: Right. So they're not paying attention to to the messages from the medical world or even from their leaders that they need to reduce their risky behavior.
0: And in you talk about your findings. So what was the research you've been doing on this?
3: Well, when it, well, since I'm sheltered in place, I had time to put up a survey uh, for volunteers, just asked for a call of people who, and I asked specifically for people who went out last weekend, and people who Deliberately did not go out last weekend and got a whole bunch of people uh, surveyed, about three hundred, and so those are the people we in, we investigated and looked at their responses, and that's where the 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 well, it was a pretty striking finding that the people who were not sheltering are the people who are engaged in information avoidance.
0: It, so it's not that they're wow. choosing which information they want; they're just avoiding the information completely.
3: Yeah, they're avoiding. That's interesting. The, Information which is challenging to their, to us, rather inaccurate view of their risk and how lethal this disease could be.
0: Right. So, wow. yeah, and then I, you know, I guess um, it's putting the cart before the horse a little bit. Maybe explain a little bit of like your expertise. I mean, we're obviously we're gonna in the in the uh, bio we have you know your achievements and the books you've written, but it, maybe explain a little about what you study and and um the field that you're in.
3: Right. So I'm a psychologist and a sociologist, and I study personality and interpersonal behavior and leadership. And my big focus is on groups and how people act in groups and why they join groups, what groups do for them. For, for me right now, the fascinating thing is, well, oftentimes people, particularly people in America, they're very individual focused. They overlook the impact of groups on them all the time. And i of course, I'm always arguing groups are massively influential. You just don't notice that they're influencing you all the time. And now, you know, we've got this crisis, and the impact of groups is really dramatic at this time. So people are starting to notice it again. Um, yeah,
0: what are some ways that groups know more about right. influence you that you, you were talking about that you wouldn't expect?
3: C- Could you ask oh, me? What are me some start?
0: ways that groups— You said there's unexpected ways that groups influence you. Your, our behavior what are what are some examples
3: of that? well, pretty much everything you know the everything that we like you know the the choices we make you know if we often think that oh no, I thought that through and I made a choice of what I'll wear today, what I will do for work, what kind of recreation I'll engage in all those choices are influenced by the people around us and the in particular the groups that we belong to, so you know the The norms are very influential. We pretty much follow the norms of our groups and our community, and very rarely do we stray from them. So, can I I ask a question here? Oh, absolutely. All
1: right, yeah. Uh, Having studied studied this for so long, have you ever, like, sort of uh, examined any models of group behavior in these sort of conditions? uh you know of like what people behave like in a sort of disaster scenario or in a big a big situation scenario you know where that it affects a larger it affects everyone in, in a bigger way and that you know i don't know if, if if there's any sort of like model for predicting how people are gonna you think people might sort of like begin to behave or anything like that
3: well no one's ever really, really seen this happen before um it's a It's a strange one because let's take previous crises which involved oftentimes an external threat. Say, for example, you know, a war, you know, where the United States is attacked by another group. Um, That generally causes an increase in cohesiveness in, in America. We get together, we bond, we gather together and try to undo the harm. Um you know we volunteer and look out for each other. This is a weird one because we can't join together. Right. Literally, we we have to socially distance. And so many of the mechanisms that are in place for us to to cope with a crisis are undone. We we can't gather collectively yeah. and become more cohesive. So it's kind of an it's kind of an odd situation for us. Um,
1: yeah, I was thinking about the nature of isolation, actually. I think this is like a good segue for that. And that this is also a kind of isolation that humanity has never experienced before. And and I mean that in sort of a two, you know, in a twofold way in that all human experiences is, is generational and anecdotal to a certain extent. Like this generation of living human beings has never had to, as a species, go into sheltered uh, you know, living and, and, and shelter placement and just be locked in in quarantine and self-isolation for so long. And then two, because of communications technology changing so much, we're not really isolated psychologically in the same way.
3: Yes. And so, so
1: it's like hard to predict. I was kind of curious what your take on what what this yeah, kind it of almost isolation feels does like do. it Is almost feels like the groups
0: we have to be in now. Are different because we, we're, we're on groups that are like the people similar to us on Twitter or a group would be like our friends on Facebook or the, the groups that we have to associate with now are probably, you know, different in some way. I don't know. Yeah, it's but pretty yeah, fascinating. Are, are we
1: isolated? Are we not isolated? Yeah. Are we more isolated? Are we less? Is there any way of knowing how this is going to affect us now that we can talk to each other sort of but are also isolated in a way we've never experienced?
3: Right. So it's, it's hard to say what, what's going to happen. The, the three of us are now in a group. You know, we are talking, we're using technology to have a, have a group discussion. So that's just wonderful. No time in the past have we had technology like that, that can create this pretty high level of connection. Um, there's a fair amount of presence between the three of us. It's as if we're together um, having a discussion. And that's pretty wonderful. I I think that's going to help us all cope with what might be a pretty long, prolonged period of isolation. But the, the maybe the more long distance question is maybe it will change us permanently. You know, maybe we'll, we've been on the edge of, I mean, a lot of people have already been working at home. A lot of people have already been using technology to communicate. Many of us have resisted it. We've still gone into traditional workplaces. I still have been going to, onto a college campus and standing in front of students in a classroom to teach. But maybe now we're on a brink of making that big shift where we'll rely more heavily on technology to create these connections between us. So it, it could be something that changes uh, the way Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely permanent. could
0: change how many people stay at home versus go to work and actually have to show up when people are like, oh, you could do the same job <laughs> at home. I wonder, though, I wonder oh. how much it would change our the way we kind of look at people, because I don't know when you don't, you know, I I do stand up and I, I work on sets and things like that. And you start to develop a group with the people that you see in your work. And when you when you have the absence of that kind of a group, you're probably going to see, see, seek out groups elsewhere. And I wonder if that's going to make us dig into um, whether we see ourselves as a group in a larger sense, or we start going, okay, I'm now identifying more as a Democrat versus a Republican, or are we going to have groups that that can't be the actual physical groups that we have?
3: Oh, that's a great That's a great point. Thank and you. There is some <laughs> research that when people use technology a lot, like when they're on the internet, they're bigger identities. They're, they're links up to larger aggregations, like like their politics, for example, or their nationality those become more dominant in their personalities that we shift towards thinking of ourselves as Americans, as males, as Democrats. So that social identity becomes stronger than our smaller, more personal identities, which is, which could happen, I suppose, if we keep spending more time connecting through technology and, and online. Um, Another issue is, for me, is the the stress it will put on the smaller groups that we're, that we belong to. So, you know, that's the concern that we're, we're all hunkered down and we're making our Most of us, many of us are with our families. Um,
1: Which, you know, could become a problem the longer you're (laughs) locked in there. Right. That's sort of the other aspect of it is like, it's great to be able to spend so much time together, but is that forced enclosure going to eventually start to, you know, people are people going to get some pretty strong cabin fever?
3: Right, and the and the research on that one is pretty clear. Um, so you know, the the research on people who are sequestered for a long time, people who are wintering over in Antarctic, for example, um, it's difficult for a group to to maintain itself over the long period of time without careful intervention. And, well, explain and that guidance. a little more. I
0: think um, that's super interesting.
3: Yeah, so the the way I think about it is, I mean, we all love Thanksgiving holiday, don't we? It's great we all get together, but we have plenty of food and a lot of football to help us get through it. Can you imagine Thanksgiving holiday for three months? Um with I don't zero think food I, or football. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't I don't think we could manage it you know yeah. it's,
1: it's okay great well that's a great way I mean this is what we're living right now is so not, you were
0: saying in Antarctica the there thing. was um that they had to intervene because I think I might have seen a documentary or something about this because they can't leave oh is this what you were talking about that they, they're unable yes. to leave um the, the yes.
3: their uh the base and they And they can't even go outside, so at least we can go outside right. and and go for a walk unless we're in a really high density area right. so they but they couldn't even do that, but when they studied people by confining them and just have a look to see how well they do some some don't manage and but some do some and and the key is to really maintain high levels of communication to talk about what's happening to express any negative feelings when when one person does something that's irritating you you've got to get it out into the open you've got to reduce you know your your own desire to have everything just your way you've you've got to you've got to maintain those connections the the worst groups are the ones where as isolation continues people drift into solitude you know they they find they spend too much time only in their rooms by themselves they they stop connecting to people, and those are the bad groups. You know, those are the those are the. So basically, I mean, that's some
1: really good advice: is keep your doors open. <laughs> yeah.
3: Don't, no, I think
0: that is. Don't though.
1: isolate within the isolation. And,
0: uh, yeah, I think that's actually and, really smart. Uh, you know, there's there's ways to broaden your horizons on on how to interact when we have to deal with this because you can't rely on the usual ways. Now, oh,
1: not, I don't know if this is in your research or not, but what do we think? Are there going to be a lot of babies nine months from now, or like a lot, le- like less babies than average? Do you know what I mean? Because you got a lot of people locked in together, I was, and I, I, but I, I, also the world is crazy. I
0: think we know what you mean, Lucas.
1: Yeah, so are people but... going to be? Are people going to be sexing it up in there? Is it going to get sexy in these quarantines? Or like, is that what? Yeah.
3: Do we know? What do you think? I, I think you're I as mean, much I, as an expert. I have a feeling, yeah, well, there's going to be some babies born nine months from now. Oh, um, yeah. I don't think people will go, oh, it's a crazy world. I don't want to bring another child into it. Oh, but wait a minute. I mean, um, yeah. yeah, we did.
0: We brought one. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Question every day whether or not that was a good idea. <laughs>
3: You know? there, and, you know, that's, I was going to mention, you know, it's good to have activities, and, and, and that's an activity. But, um, oh, it's and, keeping us busy, for there's, sure. There, there's plenty of activities, and, and people, people just need to, need to deliberately to schedule things, things to do when they're together and, and hunker down. So, I mean, there's lots to get done, and you don't have to necessarily leave your house to get it done. But, you know, all the yeah. things we've been procrastinating about that we haven't been doing and are right there in front of us, Now's the time to go ahead and you know do those things that you've been putting off. You know, go ahead and and clean that closet, and go ahead and talk to somebody about something that you had not been talking to them about. And you know, take that hike, do those activities. Try to stay active rather than get too solitude, too too, too too isolated, and, and find too a group drawn into your own. World. I mean, yeah, because you like, know, in, yeah, in reading I...
0: about your your work, you know, it seemed like groups are pretty necessary to to humans and to what they need and to defining who they are so
3: yes uh, so and then and this need to belong you know what we need to eat you know we need to drink but we're social creatures we need to have interactions with others and like the sociologists talk about places your first place is your home and most people are sheltered in the first place but work and outside obligations, that's the second place. So we're not getting those except for through technology. And then there's third places, all of our friendship groups, all the places we go to and hang out, you know, our favorite bar, our favorite restaurant. We've lost all of our third places. Huh. So all we have left to sustain us socially is our first places. So it's going to be a strain.
1: Yeah, how are you? How are you staying in touch with your various groups? Do you have any groups that you're prioritizing?
2: Um,
3: I, like, I've lost some groups, you know, <laughs> my 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 March Madness pool. You know, we all get together. We, I know. We do March Madness. I that was. <laughs> I can't gamble. I love sports betting. That's a and good I can't one. Gamble. I love that group. Yeah. You know, we love that when we get together and we talk about it and uh, we. I couldn't even do March Madness. It was sad, but all my other groups um i'm we're starting to work on it it takes practice maybe that's another piece of advice it takes practice to use the technology so the first couple of times when i've gotten together with people for drinks basically you know everybody's in their own place but everybody's having a cocktail um it seems pretty weird um it's really nothing like actually oh you tried it to um but after a couple of sessions, it's it's not bad. Um, it becomes pretty normal to go ahead and have a have a have a couple of drinks with friends but connecting through the internet. It's funny. Speaking of well. speaking
0: of sports, you know, I'm a big I'm a big sports fan and I watch the NBA all the time and you know, that was that ending was huge and it's a huge moment and you're like, Wow, this is unprecedented but I, I didn't realize how much I used that as a means of keeping in touch with people. And how much when you when you could um, uh, when you have something in common like that that keeps changing that you could keep talking about it keeps conversations with certain people alive. Whereas when that's gone, you have to suddenly delve into other ways of talking to people. And I've noticed that with certain friends, I've, we're actually starting to talk more about who we are and what we're into, and it's kind of changed. Not grouping
3: around sports. I know, and it, that's another example of how. How groups are some, you sometimes don't recognize it, that, you know, watching the game with somebody else and talking about the game and it didn't seem that significant, but it was, you know, it was very important for you to sustain that connection with other people. And it, it was satisfying. It satisfied your need to belong and, and create a bond with other human beings.
0: And it's powerful. You know, it's when, when you're rooting for sport, you know, you get high highs and low lows and it's uh, you know, as far as being in a group around a, a sporting event, you know, you don't get too many groups that have that kind of uh, you know, stakes, uh, common stakes. Yeah.
3: Yeah. and a lot, a lot of people. That's that's a huge part of their identity, and it just got erased. Yeah. Basically, um, it's it's just gone. So, you know, there's all kinds of research on on how people are so devoted to their sports teams. Um, the rather You know, spooky studies where suicides tend to go up in cities with when the college team loses in that city. Yeah, Um, um, that's how devoted people are to that particular group.
0: Why do you think that is? They're not. They don't.
3: They don't exist now. They like they're not doing anything now. I mean, many of us were living for baseball season. I mean, pitchers and catchers. Um, Yeah. Oh. Um, preseason you know none of that is happening so that source of satisfaction in life is what well, all,
2: all
1: of the all of the tradi- all, all of our more popular methods of escape are are sort of gone right now yeah Do you know what I mean like I was just thinking about like Oh, if you if you're like a foodie and you love to go out to like have me you know have meals or have like you know brunch with your friends or whatever on Sunday you know you, whatever like you know you get together Friday nights even sh- you know like you know Shabbat dinners or, or or things like that all these sort of like traditional exactly. like you know or like going out to the movies going out to see a show going out to a game whatever whatever it is whatever your thing was that's yeah. just like there's not there that's just like not there
3: yeah
1: which is like yeah. and like uh, dating. You know, I think I think we're all sort of in this yeah I was thinking about like as a as a single person like how do you when 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 and how do you begin to figure out like how if you can meet somebody you know what I mean like under what circumstances is it like you're not exposing anybody to anything you're not taking any risks you're not like obeying in a way that sort of betrays it might become like
0: you know, like aids or something where you have to get tested you know you have to kind of talk about whether or not you're corona tested <laughs>
3: I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, it's a it's a ten day wait. I don't think that's <laughs> yeah. that's
1: gonna work. <laughs> it's just like well, it's just one of those things where you're just like, how do we unwind from this? Um, and then like, you know, I I think everybody's in this place right now where it's just like, we you know we're just sort of assuming it we're gonna bounce back and like that it won't be it maybe a couple weeks maybe a few weeks but we really just don't know we really just don't know like exactly what the the medical professionals are going to tell us is the safest thing to do, right? And like, what precautions we're going to have to take down the line? Yeah, yeah. And it's just like I think that how long? Can, yeah, when when does this the stuff start to have a major impact on us? Like not having any form of escape.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I you know it's fun. And you're in reading um, on some of your work. You talk about the uh, how groups can shift towards extreme decisions. Um, yes. Do you see that happening now in in the way that? we either, number one, panic too much or in not wanting to deal with this, you know, is it, and maybe explain a little bit about what you mean by groups can shift towards extreme decisions.
3: So, so the, the famous polarization tendency when a a group of people get together and they're trying to make a decision, um, we tend to, we assumed that they'd be more conservative in their decisions, more rational, more, more slow to make a bad choice. And it, does turn out that very frequently they're the opposite of that. They they tend to make more risky decisions. Um, they, they polarize, hmm. so they, they express stronger tendencies, and it, it means that they're making poor decisions rather than better decisions. So, well, that's too bad. Um, yeah.
0: Can I... Yeah. What? Why is that? <laughs> the... Yeah. You, you know.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Is there a reason?
3: <laughs> well, the, the the good news. The good news, I suppose, is that the causes of that generally are result from face-to-face interaction. Um, it there's a couple of different causes, but huh. it involves misreading other people's responses. It involves trying to to make a good show of yourself as a person who is even more risky than the person next to you, um, or who is more active than another person. So there's a bit of grain standing that that causes that shift um, and also it's caused slightly by people who disagree um, not expressing themselves like it if, if you think that if two or three people are making the wrong choice oftentimes we just go along with it without intervening and expressing our our lack of concern for that these are th- these are all factors that are easy in a face-to-face group um, I don't, so you're I don't saying know. when you're
0: not face to face, it's the the outcomes are more extreme when a group has to decide on something versus
3: Well, when you're face to face, that's when you're likely to polarize. When you're when you're not face to face, it's going to be easier for people online to say, "Hey, wait, you people, this is a terrible idea." Um slow down. It's, I disagree yeah, with you. that's interesting
0: cuz usually you think about like all the extreme groups online and how they can hide behind anonymity and that can yeah. make you more extreme, but you're saying it's the opposite.
3: Well, I if... Well, of course, extreme groups, but you know they've just found themselves and they're reveling in their extremity. Oh. Basically, it's that's that's who that's their identity, that's their online self. But if you have a typical group of people and they're together and they're trying to make a decision and they're online, they're more likely to resist polarization. Um, they're they're more likely to say, "Well, no, I'm going to express myself more clearly." So
0: maybe this is going to help. that. Yeah, I, I I have a. Can, can I just say a, one more a, thing about I what we're talking a, about?
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: I just, I think that, I, I'm wondering, i wondering, I've always thought about this, because now you could really find any group you want, you know, whereas, you know, in the old day, you'd have to kind of form a group that wasn't ideal, and now if you're like, you know, I am a Nazi, or <laughs> I am, I'm someone who's really into juggling and running at the same time, you know, you could find that group, and I'm wondering, do you think that that's a positive or a negative thing that we could kind of... Uh, Find exactly the group we want and make that our reality or versus, you know, trying to have more diverse groups.
3: Oh, that's a great question. Um, Thank you. See, Lucas. And uh,
1: I wasn't against it.
3: Yes. Uh, <laughs> diversity is a really good thing um, overall. It, it exposes us to other people's ideas that are different from ours but often correct, um, ones we hadn't considered before. And so this opportunity that technology gives us to avoid diversity, to to hunker down with only people who agree with us, I would say that overall that's going to cause even more division. Not that we don't have enough already, but it it won't help us encounter people who differ from us and get us to think about things a little bit differently and change our minds and reach uh, through collaboration, agreement with other people. So we're going to drift towards um, subgroups, basically, um, more and more subgroups of like-minded individuals who disagree with other individuals. It doesn't, so you mean that would, it it, seem great. It would
0: make it harder to unify. And we might have to just kind of end up creating separation in, in, a, in, a, in a way.
3: Right, yeah. yes, exactly.
1: Huh. Um, I, I I sort of yeah. That I mean that's de- uh, demoralizing. I think for me to hear. I, I, uh, I don't know. Or we're going to be able to find like... more
0: people like us, and we'll we'll all be happier. Yeah. I
1: <laughs> I I I, I hope I hope so. I hope that it's like a thing where we we just become more accepting and and find a, a larger and larger circle to draw around us as a species and be, feel some sense of belonging. Um, I I I I'd sort of. Uh, <laughs> a different thought because I was thinking about the fact that like we're seeing so many because of a, a lack of sort of like centralized, uh, leadership here, uh, or at least there has been up to this point, we're seeing so many like opportunities for like different sort of communities to sort of make decisions for themselves
2: mm-hmm. in
1: terms of how to handle this. Right. And e- even in larger ways too, or like I have friends, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, as city by city and state by state in America, we've sort of had differing responses from like, uh, uh, local communities, mayors, governors, whoever uh, and, and also like you can see different countries in Europe and different countries worldwide sort of taking different positions here. Right. And is is there a way to see that as like uh, some, you know, some form of group thinking or like how do, how do we understand how like, you know, Italy and Spain and France are all right next to the UK and Sweden and there are you know those first three countries are in total lockdown and and basically going at it with like this sort of war mentality and then you know my friends in stockholm are talking about how there's no rules and you're just to continue life as normal yeah it is strange U- uk is
0: because of... you were just in the uk right they're they're basically in yeah. not doing anything right
1: they were at first not doing anything and then about two days later they were like everyone stay in the house <laughs> They they quickly like ch- tried to change course I think but basically their their response was like this like no we're gonna we're not gonna do anything differently oh, and I was well. wondering is like how you know how do these people who who ex- how do we exist side by side and come to such radically different conclusions for our communities I mean is there is there a reason
2: that sort of happens or well
3: it's a, it's another one of those implications of us being so groupy you know so we we gather in groups but much of the Much of the force of those groups is to be against other groups. So um, as soon as you create one group, you create an out group. And what happens next typically is you would like to differentiate yourself from that other group. So you want to act a little differently from that other group. And so you, you talked about different communities responding in their own unique way. That's... That's, they're going to love that because we are different from other communities. We're better than other communities. We're smarter than other communities. Our values are the right values, and they're better values than, than other communities. We're going to make our own choices, and so it will just create more and more divides uh, uh, among people when we need to unify and have yeah, a collective especially approach to, solve to this. Sort of
1: co- a common problem requires sort of like a common solution. Yes, yeah.
3: and of course you can. You, you brought up Europe, and you know the Europeans – are very well known for identifying with their nations, with their countries. Right. Yeah, there's, there's, you know, the Italians pride themselves on being different from and, the and, Swiss. It's, and it's, it's they weird have to because take I, actions I can, different from them.
1: Yeah, I can say even in the conversations I've had with friends internationally, depending on where they are, their whole attitude towards what's happening is like completely different like uh, my friends in London are very dismissive of the whole thing and sort of laughing about it same with like the you know friends in Sweden and then you know you know I have friends in, in you know France or in in Italy or in in Asia and different places and they're all just like it's so real it's so 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 real and you can, and it's weird the places that are taking it less seriously you can feel this sort of like contemptuousness or like sort of superiority from the fact that other people are behaving so cautiously and they're not and it's weird to have that sort of emotional or like social com- competition in the midst of what is like just a health crisis
0: in the end the u.s and is such an know. individualistic like it's in our bones to be an individual you know it's in our uh it, it's in everything you know it's in the the declaration of independence it's you know we we are like we are different we don't see ourselves like china which is like we are one people we are together you know we're for better or worse you know i mean you know that's a debate that i'm not i don't really know enough about but
3: but you you expressed it well it's it is the case that we are very individualistic in our orientation so that's that and that is why sometimes we're surprised how influential groups can be on us because we could have sworn we were individuals, you know, that, and that's all right. that matters is our own personal happiness um, and what we get. But no human being is that individualistic. We rely on others and we can't help but identify with the larger collectives that we belong to, including our national level collections, including our, our political groups and including the cities that we live in and. We're, we're part of our identity is still based on these larger group level associations. Um, not so much as other countries, as you said. Not, not so much as in China um, or Japan, um, but to some extent, we're, we're still going to identify with our group. And unfortunately, if our group to feel better about our group, we're going to want to differentiate ourselves from other groups. And usually, that means condemning those other groups in some way. And
0: what's interesting is we identify more, uh, you know, in in my travels around this world, which aren't, you know, probably as much as Lucas, but I've noticed that in the U.S. we identify more with our work than in a lot of other places. And I think when, you know, people, one of their first questions is, what do you do when you meet someone here? And I think that identification with your job being taken away, maybe if if you're not working currently, we might have to start... (laughs) identifying as something else now, you know, because in other places it's like, you know, how are you feeling? What are you up to? Do you, do you sense that too, Lucas, in your travels?
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, America's definitely focused on like, you know, it, you always feel that focus on like job and money and things like that. And, you know, yeah, you don't, you don't sense, I haven't sensed that as much abroad. So it'll be interesting to see how that sort of like can shape our identity. If we, if we all remain unemployed.
2: <laughs> well, we'll, we'll
3: have to, We'll have to see what happens if, you know, everyone's everyone's thinking that, well, summer's going to come, and the weather will change, and we won't have to be indoors as much, and that will will cause the virus to abate. But we don't really know that. Um, This has never happened before, and it's never happened that we'll experience this prolonged crisis, so... Looking back on what we're saying today, two months from now we might sound like we're brilliant and we're anticipating what was going to happen in the future, or it might be you guys really overreacted. It was it was over Lucas. two weeks later and everything oh, yeah. went back to work. Um, we just I mean, don't wouldn't know. Wouldn't
1: it be great to be laughed at for that?
3: <laughs> like, yes. I
1: mean, totally, totally fine with that. Totally fine with being uh, completely wrong and uh, everything working out great. But you know, you that. you did bring up a kind
0: that. of hopeful point earlier that. Um, we are realizing a little bit, some of us for the first time, how other people do affect us. You know, how we really aren't that alone in this when, you know, suddenly you have to stay inside to protect other people or other people can potentially get you sick if you go outside. So maybe there is some way that we're going to start to realize that, yeah, we kind of do, we kind of all are in this together a little bit more than we realized.
3: Yeah, I think there's... I think there's tons, well, not tons of but I think there's possibly some social line, so, um, silver lining to all of this, perhaps, that, yeah, this will remind us about what really matters in life is our connections to other people, and particularly our intimate ones. And, you know, we got to strengthen those connections, and that's what's going to make us happy in the, the long run. And here's our chance to be with those people and work through this crisis with them and, and get closer over time. Um, that's one, and... And the other, of course, is the environment. You know, the environment's doing great right
1: now. Oh, I know the carbon footprint is down <laughs> so much. It's like finally the Earth gets to breathe for a little bit. It's amazing.
3: Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you know, that's a that's a plus, I suppose. And you know, people will do some simpler things, and um, um, maybe that's better for the planet overall.
1: Uh, speaking of things that are better for the planet, lightning uh, round. Yes. Lightning. Oh
0: yeah. Okay. So we're going to get more into that. We're ge- I want to h- hear a little bit if if you uh if you don't mind, we're going to talk we're going to do a quick segment, but we want to hear more about the positivity of uh, of this situation. But first it's time for a lightning, lightning round. round. Okay. All right. Yes. Don, right? Don. Um yes. <laughs> Okay, so this is, you're you probably an avid listener to our podcast. um, Absolutely. And so you know what this (laughs) is. But for anyone who is not, I'm just going to explain it really quickly. Uh, A lightning round is we ask each of us, Lucas has his own, I have Mm -hmm. my own, five rapid-fire questions for our guests. That would be you today, Don. And we are going to ask them one through five. We're going to do it one after another without you answering. And only after all five are asked, then you could begin your answer. We're going to give you a very, very loose. What was it? Fifteen seconds or twenty seconds? It
1: was, it was thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. We're going to give you a yeah. loose thirty seconds. <laughs> you know, time is last You time know, is we're relative here.
0: yeah. We got to get up to speed. We've been a, alone for a while, so we're going to give you a loose yeah. thirty seconds. So mm-hmm. I'm going to start after I ask all five. Then you can answer from memory. And if you get all five. And you remember all five, we give you one point.
1: Five points.
0: So let's say, all right, five points. Fine. <laughs> How does that sound?
2: Right. Sounds good. Okay,
0: here we go. Okay, great. Lightning round, round, round one. one. Again, I'm going to ask all five, and then it's your turn to answer. Here we go. Ready? One. What's the greatest group of all time? Two. What's the worst group of all time? Three. What's your favorite thing on Netflix? Four. What's the funniest looking living thing you've ever seen? Five. Are strong ethics always ethical? Go.
1: Wow. Those are some great questions.
3: We do, I to, do I get
2: yeah,
3: the answer know. them? Yeah, yeah, go, 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 go. go, go. go. Um, yeah, I should have gone fast just so that I could remember all of these okay, questions. Okay, well, but, do uh, the best you can. Well, we can help. The Impressionists. Help you. The Impressionists, my absolute favorite group of all time. The Impressionists. Um, the Artists? The
0: artist. Wow. Um, Can I ask why? Hitler's. Well, we're going to pause the Hitler's timer. Generals. Hitler's
3: generals. Hitler's generals. The worst. Hitler's generals, the Oh, worst. I
0: was going to say Nickelback, but that's fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll go with Hitler's generals in this one, but Nickelback <laughs> is a close second.
0: Okay.
1: Doing great so far.
3: Nothing for me on Netflix. Nothing? Nothing.
0: Wow. What's your favorite thing on, on television right
3: now? I don't watch much television. On the internet, um, a movie? Yeah, I I, I don't. Um, I, a bu- I A book. Uh, last last movie I saw was The Incredibles. Um, wow! The first, the first, the one? first one, the first one. Um, wow! Great, Don. You got to so get itch. to more. You got to get out to see more movies. Yeah, I no, I can't anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, like I said, it's all working out for me.
2: Um, uh-huh. Okay, two
3: um, more. I, know, I, f- I forgot them. Um, okay,
0: we can help you, but you're going to lose one point out of this. It's your choice. you got to help me.
3: you got to help me.
0: Okay, here we go. What's the funniest-looking living thing you've ever seen?
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I remember that question. I, 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 I couldn't answer that. I, I couldn't think of anything that was really funny-looking. There's got to be I something. Ever
0: I'm going to require seen, you to answer like, this. Like,
3: you know, like I, I something really funny. Like... Like any any nature. living it's thing, it's all it's all beautiful. You Come know, on.
1: you've looked at you've you've been walking along some time and you saw some. You went, <laughs> yeah, that's a funny, fish, right? <laughs> a
3: weird looking bug, uh,
1: a, a no. dog, a dog, an odd dog.
3: It's gonna be a person. Okay, who is it? It's,
2: you gotta say it's it. It's gonna there. be
3: it's it's just gonna be like a funny looking person. Name them. Um, that I looked at and said. Man, that's a funny-looking person. Fair. Um, name fair. them without being and not, too problematic. Yeah, and, and not and just like, you know, and certainly not not insulting like disfigured by something that happened to them, but just just funny-looking. Man. Man, you're funny-looking. You don't really look like a like Yeah, you you don't look you look like somebody from Men in Black basically.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, I once saw a yeah, fish yeah, that yeah. looked like Tom Selleck. That's the funniest thing I've ever seen.
1: <laughs> Mustache? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, basically. Huh? All right, oh, so there's wow. one more. One more question, okay. and then you're going to get probably three points. You've only three you've points. got
1: about five seconds left. <laughs> okay. 30 seconds. Do you
3: remember the final right. question? I can't remember the
0: final question. Are strong oh. ethics always ethical?
3: Oh, geez, and that's my research area, too. Um, absolutely not. Um, you know, what? what's moral to one person is often viewed as completely immoral to another. So, no. Um, if you have strong, righteous feelings about ethics, sometimes you'll be wrong, and you're. You might be but they're still and, ethical. And inflict that on others.
0: I'm not saying right or wrong. Are strong ethics always ethical? Because they are ethics.
3: They are. They are, and, and they're your beliefs. You know, they're your thinking that you are the ethically correct person who's, who knows the right answer, um, but, and that can get you into trouble. Okay. If, if you think that, that you have a moral mandate to guide your actions, that can often get you into trouble.
0: So I'm going to take that as a no. Okay. okay. All right. Well, you have one more lightning round. (laughs)
1: All right. But how many points? How many points does he get? I think he's getting a
0: solid three points there.
1: Whoa. Okay. Three points. That's pretty good. Pretty good But he's going to do
0: way better this time because he understands the game.
1: Now you understand the game, and my questions are easy. All right? All right. Okay. Uh, All right. You ready? This is round two. It's basically the exact same. Uh, You ready? Yes. Okay, round two, uh, two tickets to paradise. Who you taking? Where you going? <laughs> uh, would you rather? <laughs> would you rather have the novel coronavirus or the movie version of the novel coronavirus? <laughs> frozen pizza or frozen burrito? What's the best thing ever? And are you? This is kind of philo- philosophical, but also maybe real. Are you a part of the group of people not listening to you?
3: Hmm. I can, those were all hard questions i can't good lord well, they were all the so thought-provoking so. i was thinking of them all but two tickets to paradise you When know, i'm not a fool what well, my wife and i are going to um st petersburg florida are you right. kidding oh, good. me I like that. Um, okay. okay so and then i started thinking about st petersburg florida my wife and then i lost all the rest of the questions <laughs> i um I love a frozen pizza, actually. So, absolutely okay. a frozen That's, that pizza. That's the easiest be, question I've ever heard. Would be pretty great. And that was easy to remember. Um, Who eats frozen burritos? I belong. I belong to a group of social psychologists, and um, I'm a social psychologist. That's my group. They would. They're not. Wouldn't pay any attention to anything that I say. Um,
2: <laughs> nice. All right. Because they certainly
3: they certainly know better about everything I've said so far than they do. Um, and then there was two really other good questions in there. Like, one of them was really big. Like, you've done three already. The yes. Best thing ever. The best thing in ever. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. What's the best thing ever?
3: The best thing ever. um Huh? I, I'd I'd have to say love. You know. Oh, great. That's great what answer. I was going to say. Yeah. The, the
1: show? No, yeah. not the
0: show. You don't watch the show.
3: No, not the show. Yeah. Oh, Season yeah, was... two
1: of, of love <laughs> is the best thing ever, guys. I don't know yes. if you do this. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I know that sounds sappy, but love. It's no, I, I agree.
1: I I agree. You totally got me.
3: And then there was another one, but I I, I didn't understand it. So okay.
1: Well, <laughs> here I'll I'll say it to you. I'll offer you. You've done great. I'm gonna give this one to you. Would you rather have the novel coronavirus <laughs> or the movie version of the novel coronavirus? I
3: think um, I'd rather have. I this I one don't,
1: should be easy. If
3: If you mean the Contagion movie, that virus.
1: No, I'm saying I think would it's you a, rather it, have the novel
3: coronavirus
1: yeah. <laughs> or I, the I, movie version of the novel coronavirus? I think you say uh,
3: like – Obviously obviously novel because um, well, he doesn't see movies. I, I, don't, I, I don't go to the movies.
1: OK, yeah. Well, the novel coronavirus is just – it's just the coronavirus. Oh. So unfortunately, you're just really sick now. OK. But sorry. it's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, I also prefer novels as well, but I would have taken the movie version on this one. Oh. Um, you did great. You did great. I agreed with all of you
0: how many points uh, i agree
1: with all of your answers i think i think you're gonna get you're gonna get three and a half points hey, hey six to, and
0: uh, a half well, yeah thank you.
1: you did uh you did choose the novel
0: coronavirus which i think was an you're, il- you're uh, currently on our choice. leaderboard for the uh for our special have, coronavirus have you,
3: have you seen the movie contagion i mean yes i have no well that's the one i'm not wanting to get me so, too um really
0: you know, yeah
1: do you want to see it now no just so you we know you know what's going to happen <laughs>
2: <laughs> Never like, uh,
1: I I you know, I think uh, there's a great there's a great quarantine playlist that I'm sort of putting together. It's like uh The Shining, Cabin Fever, Twenty Eight Days Later, uh Shallow Hell Shallow Hell, obviously. I just call it Hallow. <laughs>
0: jeez oh, <laughs> um so you have six and a half points that's uh that's that's pretty yeah. good. so I'm gonna do a quick um, would you rather we, we're gonna smush our two segments together and this is it this is the last segment so this is and simple congratulations congratulations six on and a half round. points I
1: hope you I hope you enjoyed
0: it yeah I did thank you um yeah. okay so would you rather it's simple it's a two part thing you're allowed to ask as many questions as you want but then once you answer um you cannot switch your answer so mm-hmm. Answer wisely. Okay, here we go. Don. Yeah. Would you rather, for the rest of your life, have to be alone, or for the rest of your life, have to stand in the middle of a massive crowd? Be alone. Oh,
1: this is easy. Yeah, this is easy for him. (laughs) You didn't ask any
0: questions, though.
1: Doesn't need to.
0: (laughs) Well, what you don't know is that you are alone, and you cannot talk to anyone, and and it's very cold. (laughs) Extremely cold where you are. Yeah. Okay.
1: That yeah, was this, always. I, yeah. I'm glad you took that dramatic pause to, re-
3: to,
0: this, to
2: remember. This is
3: all that good. That was always a part of it. And it's it's all just getting better and better. So yes, I, I'm alone. Okay. Um, great. That.
0: Well, you get no points for that because that's the wrong answer. But anyway. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. So um, to get back to our discussion. So what I was gonna, what I wanted to say. Um, you brought up in your in one of your articles about healthy skepticism. And the idea about like what is, do you think we should be skeptical about uh, what we're hearing, or the way that the group is panicking, or how we're h- how how the news is coming to us? Is is there should there be an, a, an amount of skepticism, or should we just believe everything we're hearing?
3: Well, I I am a healthy skeptic. I question everything I I hear. I'm a I think of myself as a scientist who has to get the facts and the information. Um, I'm skeptical particularly of certain sources people who proclaim themselves to be experts on a subject so i'm often skeptical of that but some sources of information are better than others and i i would try to ferret out which ones those are and pay attention to what they have to say so you know the world health organization pretty credible source of information about health so i wouldn't be skeptical of their suggestions versus say a a soccer coach telling me what he thinks about is the best way to deal with the coronavirus. I'd be skeptical. of that. Some
0: people at WHO coach. might be soccer coaches, though.
3: True, so. true. But you've you got to do what you can. But you'd have to listen to somebody um, and try to evaluate their credibility and their expertise and their knowledge of the subject area and pay attention to them.
0: Okay. All right. I think that's okay, good. Yeah. That sounds very
2: reasonable. Yes
0: also i was going to ask another thing about you in as part of your bio you said do you study the psychological aspects of moral judgment what is what does that mean that sounds interesting i think what does what that yeah what does that study entail
3: well it's it is a little specific and it, it it was the question about morality um that you asked earlier um and it is the idea that we although we tend to agree we tend to conform our decisions tend to unify. When it comes to moral issues, we so often disagree. So it's kind of a a puzzle, sort of a mystery why there's so much variation in moral decision making. So as a personality psychologist, I'm, I'm rooting around trying to find what are the key predictors of these differences in moral judgments. Why is why would one person look at a behavior and say that's immoral? Um, obvious examples would be, you know, same-sex marriage or abortion. Somebody might say that you, those are immoral. Mm. You you simply cannot do those, and others would say, no, they're not. Um, so, I'm interested in that that moral diversity in people's thinking and, and what causes it.
0: And it's usually you're saying it's from something you're taught in your group identity, right? Or is that well?
3: Yes. Yeah. And so if, if that's your group, if uh, your your group identity, your family brought you up in a particular way, and those are your moral values the, through socialization processes, they taught you what's right and wrong, then yes, your judgments would be different than someone who grew up in a, a different family. So that's socialization and your, your childhood experiences and your family groups. That's a pretty big one. Um, other factors are. It does turn out that your political orientation is kind of important.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, um, conservatives are very different than liberals in their moral judgments. It turns out. Um, and and as I, it is it is one of my other areas. So as I drift away from groups, I I am a personality psychologist too. And so two things that I focus on is we all of us do seem to differ a little bit in how idealistic we are. Some of us are are just more concerned. We're more pro pro social. We're really much more concerned with making sure people aren't harmed, and that hmm. innocent people are protected from harm. Others, it's not like they're malevolent. They're just not as focused on avoiding harm quite so much. Avoiding harm and to themselves. Harm to other people. Harm to so, other people. So you know, it's like a lot of people say, "Well, I I just can't do that. That would, that would cause harm to someone else, or the potential for harm to others." And Somebody else might say, well, yeah, but, you know, it's a tough world out there, and there's ups and downs for everybody. No, I think we should go ahead and, and say yes to that, even though I know that— Is that just narcissism? No, it's just—well, it's, it's well, of course, narcissists tend to be quite low in idealism, it it turns out. But you, you, you could be a low narcissist, I suppose, and still be low in— Uh, in idealism as well um so that's one and and then the other one is just a a lot of people do rely heavily on traditional moral rules when they make decisions like this is the rule this is what we need to do and others are they're just not as they don't let moral rules guide their actions as much not just religious Um, people you mean yeah so that's and that one I've just called relativism. Some some of us are more relativistic than, than others. Um, I'm a high relativist, it turns out, and that's why I answered the question about morality the way I did is because I'm I'm skeptical of traditional moral moral approaches as being the right approaches, so I'm skeptical. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, yeah, what does traditionally even mean? It's just, you know, depending on what timeline you're drawing, you know, it's just a, a, a set of, of, you know, acquired beliefs that sort of have like arbitrary value placements, depending on where they sort of fall in the historical spectrum. And, but,
3: and, uh, and saying, yeah, not and saying applicable.
2: that,
3: saying that suggests suggest you're a relativist, but there's quite a few people who would just fundamentally disagree with what you just said. Um, I mean,
0: know. I don't think Lucas believes in much. I don't think there's, <laughs> I mean,
1: I believe, I believe in, a, I believe in, I would say a fair amount. I just don't believe in more than what's necessary. um, okay. You know I think I, I, I would say that like just the word tradition for me linguistically, you know app- applies a certain like arbitrariness because it depends what you mean by tradition, what kind you know like what is the what what you know the length of time necessary for something to become considered traditional. I think I think structure me, doesn't you know, I
0: mean some people use tradition and structure interchangeably. Like you
1: know like Judeo Judeo-Credi- Judeo-Christian traditional values you can say oh that's you know that's traditional but if you're looking at you know that's a 2000 year timeline whereas you can draw something back a lot farther if you want to or you can make it a lot shorter you know and be like oh the modern the traditional values of the 20th century or something like that which would look vastly different than the traditional values of you know you know 500 years ago 600 years ago wherever you know what I mean?
3: Right, but but again, you're you're. There are people who would not agree with you because they are not relativistic. If, they're yeah, they're yeah. concerned I mean, about. If, if that, you're telling so... if
1: if you're telling me there's people who disagree with me, <laughs> uh, I, this is you know I hate to I hate to tell you but you're not the first messenger with that news. Uh, uh yeah, I mean, but, uh, you know. But to to step it, it back, yeah. you,
3: you you probably are pretty concerned about other people's outcomes. You probably are oh, idealistic yeah. I don't and hopeful th- so. I don't
1: think that. Traditional equates moral, right? You know what I mean, and I think morality is is a is an ongoing sort of like self-perpetuating dynamic that exists between the living.
3: Right, but
1: But the way that
2: the
3: way those things combine, though, is that you you would look and say it when you make a decision. You say I have to make this decision because it will protect people from harm, and oh yes, it does go against traditional moral principles, principles but that's, that's okay because it's best to sacrifice those principles, principles for the goodness of those other people but right. quite a and few also, people are the opposite like, of that
1: you know, but also like you know the, the, there's also the you know the prior, the, the triage of, of moral conflict you know where it's like oh we need to protect against you know the the unseen threat of coronavirus even though it means immediate and devastating layoffs Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like we have to be like your economic, you know, th- this and the where that socioeconomic hurt is felt, you know, it's felt more acutely in certain communities right away than in other communities. You're like, OK, we have to make a decision that we're OK with that consequence because we think that it will overall be a more moral choice for more people in a, in a in down the road. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: Like,
1: and And I think like that's sort of like you know then the question of like relativism i think is like very pertinent because you know it is like it is like uh who's making that judgment call and and you know are we all okay with it you know who you know what does it really mean about our moral system but i
0: think understanding Mm -hmm. that we have to do something for the greater good that would help others doesn't necessarily mean you'll rely on the traditional methods or or the ways that Certain, you know, that people think is right—the the, the right. right way to go about it, right? Is that I, sort I, of it? It's like, and, yes. It, and they are—they're—they're
3: too—they're—they're two, they're two, they're different. They're two independent tendencies. So, a person can be concerned for the greater good of others and also be very traditional or non traditional. So they're they're independent of each other, but both very influential.
0: I think what's you know, I'm yeah. I'm someone who's just never been able to work in a group very well, like in a in a larger group. <laughs> um, I could work with two people maybe, max three people. But once I it's true, i it's always been that way, especially friend groups. Like I don't do very well in, in friend groups of more than and it's probably because I just I moved around in schools a lot and I didn't have I had to, to have one-on-one relationships more often but it it, it's also the same with me in class i don't do well in class situations but my wife does incredible in that stuff and she she thrives when there's there's a group around her because i think there's a there's certain people i think my therapist once said there's system-centered and self-centered people not in a negative way self-centered but more people who rely on themselves do you you find that that's true or am i crazy or am i a sociopath
3: no, I, I, no, 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 uh, okay. um, not not at all. But I mean, we're all different in terms of the strength of this need to belong and our what we get out of groups. So, um, if your wife is a traditional extrovert, when she's with other people, even the more people, the better. Um, she draws energy from that. She draws enthusiasm. She enjoys it a lot more. Versus an introvert is drained by that. Um, would would. Be tired by so many other people. The social oh. presence is excessive, and so they would prefer a, a dyadic relationship or a much smaller group over a much larger group. That's a that's, that's I don't a see that it's clear prediction from extroversion.
0: I I've always thought of introversion as you get charged up from being um, or recharged from being alone. But I I I really like being one on one with a friend more than being alone. It's an interesting it's it's strange and then once it gets more than that it's draining
3: yeah but I, and so i like i mean there's different interpretations of of introversion and extroversion Sure. But I, I like the the one where it does speak about energy you know what 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 you thrive on
2: mm-hmm.
3: um what what gives you strength and for me it's it's either being alone or just with a very small number of people um oh man we'd be uh, great for, friends for example for example talking with talking with you guys on the phone is is not draining for me it is it's not tiring at all i'm i'm energized by it and enjoying it but if i was in a large group situation you know giving a lecture or having to oh a cocktail party or something or a reception where you have to walk around with and talk to strangers and make it's nice conversations that's absolutely exhausting. I, I yeah, you know, it takes me two days to recover from me the too. energy two loss days to of that. So it's funny um, to me
1: because the three of us, I would say, would probably all, to some extent, classify ourselves as as introverts. But there are huge elements of our our, our chosen professions that require immense social gathering. Right. Well, what well that's what's weird. The, I love I love when
2: if I'm the if I'm us, the leader of like, the group,
0: what? I'm great when I'm the leader or when I, when I'm the center of attention. <laughs> if I'm the center of attention in a group, I do great in a group. But if I'm if I'm part of the group I don't. So what does that mean about me?
3: That no, just means you're a narcissist is all. That's just Does that, it? It's it's okay if it pr- does. Yeah, that that's I think he said it does. I think that's
1: what he said. I, think he said
3: I don't it. know if he was joking or not. <laughs> I, I would just say that those those I should have said it more delicately, perhaps. But that's the those would be the markers of a individual with a streak of narcissism. Um, yeah, it's probably
0: true. Uh, I I really enjoy when I'm like in you know the center of attention in a group because I feel more comfortable. I know exactly where everyone's coming from. I could I have more control over it. I feel like no one's going to make fun of of uh, the way I look, even though they will. I just you know I could then reprimand them.
3: Yeah um yes okay you you've made your case i, I think you
2: narcissist <laughs> you
1: narcissist talking about yourself um i yeah I, I just do think it's interesting how sometimes these you know that and i i do think it's true like you know you we, you, you are intro we're probably all pretty clearly introverted to some extent uh based on how you've sort of described the way you sort of respond to social uh interactions but it is interesting how you know, you still will find a way that, oh, you got to give a, you know, now you're a person who's required to do lectures and sort of required to go to these sort of like gatherings, uh, where you have to sort of fight your, your, your own introversion, introverted nature. Is that, that's sort of a, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that, but it always seems to be the case that introverts I meet are always like have forced themselves into professions where they have to socialize.
0: Yeah. But when you're doing a lecture, um, you don't, you don't feel like that's more comfortable than doing mingling at a than trying to mingle at a party.
3: Um that's a good that's a good question. well mingling at the party is the is hell. Yeah. You know, it, that, that, <laughs> But why is a lecture better? A <laughs> Le- lecture is a little bit better because of the there's not very many interactions. You know, it's exactly there, there's not so interaction going assistant. on. Um I'm not, I'm not having interested. to read yeah, other people's, people's nonverbals, figure out what like they're talking bad. about try to respond to the things they say. Um, uh, so a, a lecture is pretty easy. So you're In a narcissist. Classes, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Some, some of the, <laughs> no, I just have, a, I have crazy low emotions. Barry emotive. gets
1: very petty. Barry gets very petty and defensive. <laughs> he just... When he feels attacked, he lashes out. Don't take it personally.
3: It's classic narcissism. You know, yeah, classic
2: uh, narcissistic
3: behavior. So I'm not narcissistic, but I have terribly low emotional intelligence. So um, I often have no idea what people are thinking and feeling, and oh yeah, you know, so... that's
1: that's what I was curious. I was actually going to ask you that if you thought you were more, uh, if social interactions were difficult for you because you were more sensitive to the to the sort of like language being expressed, or were more like oblivious and or struggled to like uh, you
3: know like uh, to read other people and yeah, for me it's the i can't read other people i don't know how how they're doing it or when they say something to me uh it's not i don't know how to respond really appropriately so i frequently say offensive things to them which i i find clever personally but they seem to be taken aback by the my by my rudeness so a uh, typical introverts you know drowning in the waters of humanity
0: I I think yeah, you've cool. been very cool, cool. inoffensive here. I think you're doing a great yeah, job. Yeah, I was about to say you've done a you've done a terrific
1: job, a terrific job here. I uh, my, is there anything you so, like Sorry, to leave one more with one or, more thing.
0: Sorry. We're we're gonna. I I just want to know. This is you know my therapist is is great, and he spoke about something that I always thought was interesting about groups. He said that that usually the the anxiety of a group when they first meet is figuring out who the scapegoat of the group is going to be, because this is according to him i'm sure you might have an opinion on this because most groups need someone that is kind of the person who doesn't fit in and what i think a lot of people uh, the anxiety is they don't want to be that person where the other people are talking behind their back and and it and somehow there's something about when people get into groups where they 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 need a person who's the odd person out does that do you find that to be true
2: Oh,
3: absolutely. It's right away when the group forms, it's got some work to do. Um, and it does it all implicitly. And the first thing is to see who's who am I going to listen to? Who's the most influential? Who knows what they're talking about? Who's going to be the leader? And then, well, who, who's going to be the anti-leader? Who's going to be I, the buffoon is what I sometimes refer to that person. It's, it's the person who you're going to scapegoat, who you're going to make fun of, who... Who will be the deviant that the rest of the group can bond in the rejection huh. of? Um, it's a fairly dark tendency, but it's it's pretty robust. So uh, you could, I've seen it in every college class I've ever taught is that there's always that one student that I think is fine, um, but that the other students have have somehow – um, implicitly decided that they're not going to pay any attention to that person and roll their eyes whenever they speak in class and
2: weird. I don't know how, so is that
3: necessary it. it's like a say. necessary thing i so I, I guess it's i don't think it's necessary but it, it's it's a big function it helps the group become more cohesive it aligns the rest of the group against the other person it helps people feel more confident and
1: yeah i mean so sometimes i feel like they align against the teacher yeah. Um, you know, and then the then the students are safe from each other. <laughs> if they all hate the teacher together, they they won't go after each other as much. I don't know. Yeah,
3: but it'd be better to it'd better to have that one person who's actually in the group. Um, yeah. it, you know, the teacher's a little removed. They're not they're not a very good scapegoat. You can you can blame the teacher for all kinds of things like the bad grade I'm getting or how boring this class is. But the scapegoat does other more interesting psychological things so for the group. I, I wonder
1: from within the group. I
3: wonder should, yeah. if we
0: need a scapegoat to if we if we designate a scapegoat just to make sure that the scapegoat isn't us. Meaning, like, if we all decide on a scapegoat, it's like, whew, okay, we're not the scapegoat. Like, there's something that we know that there's going to be a scapegoat, so we need to point at someone to be like, you're that, to avoid us
3: becoming it right and it, it it usually is implicit, but you know it's a it is a tough recommendation, so if you're gonna have a small dinner party, you know always invite that one person who's a who's a goober <laughs> um so the rest the rest of, of the folks at the party can just like ooh, look yeah, at that they person.
1: no other friendship will be challenged,
3: <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, so <laughs> everyone else yeah. will get along well. But it, you had to sacrifice that one person. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone,
0: yeah. everyone could just talk behind their back, be like, "Wow, what? What was he talking?" Do you about? think that's
1: Do you think that's going to happen in these quarantine situations? Do you think there's going to become scapegoats?
3: It's a natural tendency in a lot of groups, and it's going to be the source of the conflict. Are you already the scapegoat? So I'm in a dyad, you know, I'm only, it's just me and my wife at the moment. Um, and, and she's not letting anybody in if, until they have th- themselves secluded for 10 days. Who's so, the buffoon? Um, Who's the buffoon um, in your relationship? You're the, is it yeah. you? So That's I you, have right? to, I, I'm That's definitely that. the buffoon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although we have a dog, so. Oh, <laughs> oh great. You, <laughs> no. you can always blame the dog. No, no one <laughs> but, blames the dog. Yeah. So I think it's that dumb oh, dog. I blame line. the dog. Yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I blame the dogs for everything.
3: Okay, so here's an
0: important question: What do you, how do you find hope in this whole thing? Like, maybe give us give us some glimmer of hope from your expertise. Something, uh,
1: something, something happy to leave yeah, what do you, how do you yeah. see
0: this working
3: out in no, a hopeful I think way? I think there's positive things that could result from this. It's you know not to minimize the the terrible health consequences, but it you know it could function as a wake up call for people to pay more attention to what is actually important in life. You know, and it, it's it's not all the work we're doing or all the money we're making, but it's our relationships with other people because that's what's being threatened right now. It's our connection to people. And maybe we'll learn from that and moving forward, we'll be much more, much more careful to sustain those connections.
0: I totally Absolutely believe that. Great. I do yeah. think once we get back to normal life, we're going to be like, oh, my God, normal life is incredible. And then two days will go by and we're going to be like, ugh. Uh, yeah, I can't think of one example, but yeah, we're gonna all get really catty again. Aren't but you I think...
1: tired of having? We'll just be like, aren't you tired of having all this toilet paper? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, ba- you know, baseball's gonna start, football's gonna start. We'll have forgotten this in three months. But I do
0: think there will be a lasting. I think there will be lasting effects of this.
1: Humanity I... has an incredible ability to, to. It's just a rubber band. Cycle mentally. I feel like we're just we just snap back very quickly. We have a lot incredible amnesia when it comes to difficult things.
3: I agree.
0: But but there will be. I I think this will be something that we point to that could have you know people who lived through World War II, people who lived through the Great Depression. You know some of those people, same people. But Yeah. yeah, I think that once that's over you know there's there's some sort of a period of time that is is a renaissance and i think that could well yeah
1: yeah i mean i just think that it's going to be hard to figure out when this is over i think that's the, the trickiest thing about this is that when the nba like, starts Oh, okay but i mean like when it's right to start the nba
0: yeah and, and I, I think
1: like knowing when to when to right. finally say we're we're clear is like real is going to actually be a lot murkier and trickier than people are anticipating
3: so I think it's it's awfully hard to to make predictions, but yeah. After I mean, World War One was a terrible thing, and then followed by the Spanish flu, um, and the consequence of that was the Roaring Twenties, um, mm-hmm. which didn't end until the. It triggered the Great Depression, which lasted until World War Two um, brought us out of that, and then we had a terrible World War, and that resulted in in those odd 1950s where, you know. People drifted into really strong sex roles and odd family values and a fair amount of racism and not really positive. Um, it, it, so I don't know what the consequence of a massive crisis God, is. for. Yeah,
1: we've for, really just been zigzagging our way just through agree. the century, huh? <laughs> oh, oh, and that was supposed
3: to be the positive comment. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's great. No, well, I mean,
1: I think there will be – there. There is some. I think there could be some like we learn from this moment sort of situations happening, and that is something to look forward to. I think the lower carbon, carbon emissions for the, this brief period of time is kind of nice. I think it's actually kind of like a, a big, bigger deal than we probably even realize. It's just like maybe seeing how we can pause on some, maybe some of these – maybe non-essential travel is a thing that's going to be something that we think about more.
3: I'll go with that. Optimism. Well
2: thanks we so we appreciate you us joining up. us. Really appreciate it.
1: Stay safe. It was it was really interesting. Thank and you thanks, so much.
3: thank you guys this is for my respite from my social isolation. So thank you so <laughs> thank much. Thank you.
1: Yeah, we'll let you go back to enjoying uh, your isolation.
2: Okay.
3: <laughs> take care. All right, take, okay. care. Bye-bye. take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye. Oh god.
0: Well, my chair just broke. So Flowers on
1: the wall. That don't bother me at all playing solitaire till dawn with the deck of 51. Smoking cigarettes and
2: watching Captain Kangaroo. Now don't tell me I've nothing to do.